building entirely crushed and crumbled. I'm not sure if it's safe to report from my vantage point. I, I really need to leave. So the fences inform me that the surrounding areas are, are in ruin. I, I see some people running now. In the opinion of this reporter, if this nation, or in fact the world, ever needed heroes, that time is now. That time is now. episode of the Fire and Water Podcast, a proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts, the Irredeemable Shag. Along with me, as always, is my co-host, the Submerged, Rob Kelly. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing just fine, Shag. <laughs> Come up for air. Come up for yes. air, Rob. It's a little bit of production value there for you. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, I can't say much. I almost did a spoiler for the Justice League movie, specifically about Aquaman talking underwater, but I won't do it because Rob here hasn't seen the movie, but I did, and I loved it. Oh, my gosh. I'm over the moon about that movie. <laughs> See, that's where you come up with some color. I, well, it's, I haven't it's... seen it yet, as you just say. It was, it, do, do not take the fact that I haven't seen it yet as any sort of comment. The weekend it came out was the same weekend as Darlene Tracy's birthday, and we had other things to worry about than Justice League, but I do plan to see it. So it, 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 I am making no editorial comment by, by not having seen it yet. I'm so mad at my friends. I in the last week I have seen Justice League. I have watched Thor a second, Thor Ragnarok a second time. I watched Civil War on TV again. I watched uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming on TV again, and none of my friends have seen Justice League. I'm like, what is going on with you people? Ah! Well, so, crew, yeah. well, hold on. Chris Franklin saw it. We got you talking. That's true. Chris Franklin did. Yes, 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 yes. He did. Okay. Very excited about that. Good. He's a good human being. Him and Michael Bailey. That's about it. The rest of you, go jump. I thought, actually, Daniel, I thought Chris actually, Franklin Daniel, was a good human being, whether he sees Justice League or not. <laughs> I don't know. Actually, Daniel Cynical Adams and I were texting each other all night after the Justice movie, uh, Justice League movie. We're like, oh my god, blah, blah, blah. like you know, fourteen-year-old girls. Anyway, uh, folks, we are here to talk about Aquaman. Last episode, we did a very Firestorm-centric episode, uh, which, by the way, little little codicil on that one. I started thinking more about it. Firestorm, star of an animated series, right? Justice League action, star of Legends of Tomorrow television series, and yet they can't stick him in a Justice League comic book? Seriously? He is nowhere to be seen in the DC Universe? Killer Frost is part of the Justice League? No Firestorm? Really? <clears throat> okay, got that out of my system. It is kind uh, of a baffling decision, really. It really is, but anyway. So, uh, it, it, you know, actually, I'm going to read those Justice Leagues with Killer Frost. I hadn't picked them up, but they just had a big Black Friday sale. 
on uh, Comixology, so I picked up both of those trade paperbacks from Justice League of America with Killer Frost. I'm going to check them out. Figured five bucks a pop, you know, not a big deal. But uh, but today we are going to talk about some guy that talks to fish, and we're going to talk a whole lot about him. Yes, um, after by popular demand, we are going to catch up on Aquaman, and we're going to be covering Aquaman numbers 23 through 30. Big woo. old slab of Aquaman. It's going to be a Dan, Dan Abnett extravaganza, ladies and gentlemen. I'm very excited about this. But before we do that, before we do that, we do need to take a second to thank our sponsors, folks. This episode of the Fire and Water Podcast is sponsored in part by InStockTrades.com. InStockTrades is your best online source for trades, hardcovers, and other collected editions, all for up to 42% off with free shipping on orders of $50 or more. What you got? All right. I have Aquaman Trade Paperback Volume 3, Crown of Atlantis, which is part of the Rebirth Saga. This reprints Aquaman's 16 through 24, which is uh, that's some of the comics we'll be covering tonight. It's uh, The writer is Dan Abnett. The cover artist is Brad Walker. The interior artists are Philip Rione, Scott Eaton, Wayne Foucher. 216 pages. Uh, normal price $19.99. In-stock trades price $10.99. 45% off. So basically, if you want to keep catching up with Aquaman, this is a good way to do it because uh, the next volume will be out very soon. And it's kind of funny. shows how far behind we are is that the trade's already out. But also, you're going to hear us say some nice things about this. So it's a definitely another reason to run out and get it. Uh, I am going to cover also an Aquaman trade. I am shocked you did not cover this one, actually, this episode, Rob. Uh, maybe you don't know what even came out. I don't know. It's a new trade. It is Aquaman The Atlantis Chronicles Deluxe Edition Hardcover. I didn't know that was out yet. I knew it was coming. I didn't know. It yeah, was it's out. Yeah, never mind the fact that I messaged it to you on Facebook a couple of days ago. But whatever, don't read my stuff. I, I, uh, I yes, have you folks. blocked, so I don't know. <laughs> Atlantis Chronicles issue one through seven that we have been cheerleading about since this podcast started. About why isn't this collected? We have said it many, many times across the series. That DC obviously listens to our show. They have collected Atlantis Chronicles. I love how they put Aquaman on the front of it because he appears in what one panel? He's literally in the last panel. <laughs> As an infant, I think. Uh, so yes, Aquaman, the Atlantis Chronicles Deluxe Hardcover uh, Edition, hardcover treatment too. 328 pages. This thing, you could kill somebody with it if you hit them hard enough. Full color, normally retails for $49.99. I know, that's a lot of money. It's because it's a hardcover and it's thick. But you can get it 45% off right now on in-stock trades and get it for $27.49. That is a hell of a deal. That's probably more than you can get the individual issues for nowadays, I bet. So, uh, um, definitely pick up Aquaman, the Atlantis Chronicles Deluxe Edition hardcover. Now, I uh, truthfully, I really did expect you were going to pick that. So I had a backup one. Uh, I won't go into the extreme details about it, but it was the Uncanny X-Men Omnibus hardcover, uh, covering like you know when the all-new, all-different X-Men start. Okay. And uh, I've been reading my copy of that lately, absolutely loving it. And I figured, you know what, I'm getting in the spirit of it, because uh, Professor X is now apparently my mantra, because uh, I've I, I joined the Club of Rob. I, I, I shaved my head, ladies and gentlemen. Um <laughs> I seriously, I did. I shaved my head, and so I guess I, I guess technically I'm not shag anymore. I guess I should go by scalp. I don't know, but the irredeemable scalp doesn't seem to work. Anyway, so uh, look for more on that on Facebook if you care about my receding hairline <laughs> that much. I know David Gutierrez does because he sends me nasty texts all the time about my hairline. Anyway, folks, uh, for these and all your trade paperback needs, please visit InStockTrades.com. Go over to the Contact Us button and let them know that the Fire and Water Podcast sent you, and uh, tell them just ignore all that nonsense about my hairline. All right, Rob. Aquaman. Uh, what are we? Eight issues. 160 pages of comics. Two covers of each. 
What do you got to say? All right. This is going to go very quickly because, yeah, we don't want to get bogged down in, in all seven uh, specific reviews here. I'm going to go, approach this from a 10,000-foot level. So uh, <laughs> um, there's kind of two distinct – even though the storyline overlaps, of course it does, uh, there is sort of two distinct chunks here. The first is 23 and 24. Uh, again, these all these comics are by Dan Abnett. But 23 and 24 are drawn by Scott Eaton, Philippe, Philippe Briones, and Wayne Foucher. And then 25, we have a whole other storyline starting with a new artist. Um, the one-sentence summaries for these issues, I'm going to do them all at once so we can just get right to it. Number 23 is Aquaman and Mirror return to Atlantis to learn that the Royal Council of Atlantis has, tur- has turned the power of the city over to Karm Wrath. Number 24 Mira begs Aquaman to forget Atlantis and return to Amnesty Bay. He gives it one last try, but Wrath instructs Merc to attack Aquaman, which he does, stabbing him in the stomach. Number 25, which is the beginning of the Underworld saga, Underworld Part 1. And this is by Dan Abnett and Stepan Sedgik. I don't know exactly how you say his name. I've never heard it said out loud. So, so sorry, Mr. Sedgik, if I'm saying it wrong. While Coram Wrath works to make Atlantis great again, Aquaman, who did not die, is hiding in a faraway part of the kingdom and begins to be part of a resistance effort. There he... <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I'm laughing at the your comment. Anyway, go what, ahead. What did, what did I say? What, make, make Atlantis great oh, again. Well, well, all right. We'll get, we'll get to <laughs> it. It was really funny. Oh, okay. There he meets a mute woman named Dolphin who uh, helps him. Number 26... Enraged by rumors of Arthur's survival in the slums of Atlantis, the ruthless King Wrath orders the use of ancient Atlantean techno-magic to track down Aquaman at all costs. 27. Threatened by the return of Atlantis' natural-born ruler, King Wrath accelerates his plan to scrub the sunken city of all of its ancient magical treasures. But why is he stockpiling magic? Whatever the reason, Wrath will need all the firepower he can get when Mira breaks through the barriers surrounding the city. 28. Caught in the claws of the monstrous crustacean crime baron known as Crush, Aquaman and Dolphin are bargaining chips in the most dangerous game with the cool King Wrath, who will do anything to keep the secret of Arthur's survival from the people of Atlantis. Meanwhile, Mira's mission to break into the Sealed Kingdom hits a rough patch when Atlantis' magical technology short-circuits on a massive scale. 29. After Dolphin confronts Aquaman with the horrifying truth of King Wrath's new regime, all hope for Atlantis is nearly lost until an emotional reunion with Volko gives Arthur a renewed sense of purpose. Meanwhile, Mira attempts a dangerous new plan to penetrate the Crown of Thorns and reunite with the love of her life. And so that's where we are uh, with, with Aquaman. Yeah, those are the, the, the overview of this thing. My number one comment, I have a lot of other things to say, but my number one comment, I think, when I look, especially look at the issues from 25 through 30, the ones drawn by... Uh, Stepan Sedgik. To me, if in like 1979 they had commissioned Ralph Bakshi to do an animated Aquaman movie, this is what it would look like. Oh, okay. Um, I can see a little I, that. I really like Mr. Sedgik's work. It's really very interesting because it's this kind of it's a in terms of the medium, it's it's it seems like he's working on a, in a couple different things. There seems to be some maybe some some. Uh, watercolor in there. There's clearly some pencil and ink. There's a lot of digital coloring. Uh, in some, like when he's when he's doing faces, he's very precise and and finely detailed. And then there's other parts where it's very sketchy and very rough. It's kind of it's really interesting uh, kind of style. And I like it. I like it a lot. I think it really gives the Aquaman book a really peculiar. Um, interesting look, and I think Aquaman kind of needs that. So I really like those stories in particular, and so I can sort of imagine the voices in my head of like if they had made an Aquaman animated movie. I think this is what this is kind of how it would feel. There are some moments, especially with Dolphin, where it feels like either Ralph Bakshi or like a Don Bluth cartoon, and I like a lot of that. I think it's it's a lot of fun. So 
overall in these seven issues, um, I like this. I will say that the whole thing about who is going to run Atlantis bores me to tears. I knew you were going to say that. But I, I knew you were going to say but that. But I've been saying that for six years now. And well, and writers just cannot stay away from the Atlantis thing. They ju- It's Jeff Johns, Peter David. No matter who is writing Aquaman, they cannot keep him away off that off that theme. And it just bores me to tears. So if you take that part out of it, that it's about something I don't care about, how it was done is very effective. I'm going to play devil's advocate on that very issue because I was ready for this one. I think you're going about this the wrong way. Rather than saying that it, you're mad because it's about the, this thing you don't care about, I think – well, I don't think they really took your advice because, frankly, I don't think they care what you say. No, but it's almost like they took your advice because this is not about Aquaman taking back the throne because that's not the direction they're going. In fact, we all know where direction they're going because they've already advertised – sorry, bit of a spoiler here, folks. Uh, coming up, there's going to be a Mera, Aquaman, uh, a Mera miniseries, and it's right. called Mera, Queen of Atlantis. So Aquaman, in the middle of the story, he says, I'm not here to take back the throne. I'm only here to help Atlantis and take down this evil tyrant. So you've always complained about Aquaman being on the throne. You didn't necessarily say in Atlantis. Well, you did talk a little bit about being I don't Atlantis, like but... Atlantis. I, I, want him out, I want him in Amnesty Bay being okay, a superhero. Well, I do like him in Amnesty Bay as well. However, if you're going to do an Atlantis story, which I think you kind of need to with Aquaman, and quite frankly, a lot of the movie's going to be about Atlantis, so yeah. you got to kind of connect that. Having him not try to be king but be a resistance fighter is a great way to go. I really like this hook. I mean, it took me a minute to realize that, you know, I, I'm reading him thinking, okay, he's going to fight, he's going to take back over the throne, and when they said he wasn't, and then I tied that together with the, the Mera miniseries, I'm like, oh yeah, this really works. I like him in the role of the, of the resistance fighter. I like Volko in there. I like the introduction of Dolphin. I like what they're building. I I was very pleased. Now, the one criticism, if I had to have any, would be, I, I read the, all this in one big shot, and it reads like one giant trade paperback. Actually, I mean, honestly, 23 is the perfect issue to start with. Because that's the issue where they boot Aquaman out. You know, that, that's really what kicks the whole thing off. Um, it reads great as one big story. I if if I had been reading it month to month or biweekly, whatever schedule and when it was up to that point, I probably would. I think I would have been frustrated because it's taken a long time to tell this story. You know, so I think that would have been frustrating to me. Uh, the decompressed storytelling. But I realize that's the way things work nowadays. That's the way stories are told. That's fine. But as one big trade, it was totally kick ass. I loved it. Yeah, I mean that is something that I'm I've had to really struggle with is the decompressed storytelling, and I think that is just something where the comics, and I don't want to say all comics, but mainstream superhero comics, let's be specific, they have moved on to a style that just does not appeal to me. Um, I I do get comics every time. They, there's a new store actually in my neighborhood mm. uh, that's opened up, and I I do go over there, and I have been picking up some things occasionally, just kind of randomly, and. I don't want to say what books I've been picking up because I don't, I don't know. I just don't want to, but like there's stuff that people, well, I'm saying, <laughs> you, can there, t- you, you can tell them you're buying porn comics. There's it's fine. Stuff, yeah. Cherry pop there. There, no, there's, <laughs> there is stuff that people have been raving about that I have picked up and I'm like, eh. And I think that's, I think it's me. I just think that I, I have a difficult time reading comics that are so elongated now. Now, when it comes to Aquaman, I think this book suffers probably the least of that. Like I think, especially in the, the Sedgwick issues, there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not compar- – I mean th- there was a, a comic I bought a couple of years ago that had a character where an entire page was this person walking into a room and sitting down. And I'm like, <laughs> you have got to be effing kidding me. You know, I'm like, you have got and – and it felt like um, 
it felt like the artist was just making storyboards for a movie. And because all the panels were, were movie, you know, like letterboxed wide. And I'm like, wow. this, this artist is just, is wants to get into storyboards. And he's like, here, just here they are movie producers here. I'm drawing them for you. Right. Now right. that's not what's going on here. There is a lot that happens. I like the introduction of dolphin. I've always liked Dolphin. I like the fact that um, Dan Abnett made her mute um, because mm-hmm. she was like mostly mute when she debuted in Showcase. Right. Um, not entirely. She said a couple things, but but here she's entirely mute. I like that. I like all the body language stuff. I like I like her powers, the bioluminescence thing. I think that's really cool. I love that she's like you know Hawkman put his hands over his eyes, so she can do like the fluff thing and blind everybody. I thought <laughs> that's kind of cool. Thing? You know what I you know what I did. Um, <laughs> Um, I like the visual design. Like, I like the way he draw. I like that she's kind of all, it's not, it looks like tats, but it's not. It's like her scales or whatever. Right. I think that's a good look. Like, I, I like the way Cedric draws her. I like the way he does Mira. I like Aquaman's costume. Again, we all know I'm not a fan of the long hair, but that's just, you know, they're clearly trying to morph him slightly closer over to Jason Momoa. Well, he's got um, the longer hair, he's got the beard, yeah. and it's brown now. It's not blonde. Right. right. Did you notice that? Yeah. So yeah. they're they're trying to kind of go halfway without, you know, going all the way, which is it's kind of interesting because that uh, that DC logo that opens up all their movies uh-huh. has all the heroes. It has Aquaman in his classic look. Right. In in that logo, and yet there he is looking like Jason Momoa. So there okay, I, I want to add something real quick about Cedric. Um you you said it without saying it. I just want to be specific. Uh, and I didn't realize it until you mentioned the coloring because you were talking about like the scales that are colored onto the outfits. They don't. He doesn't pencil and they get colored in. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize he was the colorist too. Yes. So yes, that's worth mentioning because he is the penciler, inker, and colorist in this series, which is pretty amazing. So I'm sorry. Please continue. Just no, it's to point all that right. Out. No, no. He's doing. Yeah, he's doing the the complete package. It's kind of funny. Um, there's issue. I think it's issue 26 where Mira is back in Amnesty Bay and she's talking with Tula, mm-hmm. and there's a scene where they're talking and like. Mira is sitting in a chair and she's all mournful because she's she's so sure that Aquaman is dead. She's, um, she's, she's gone all Twilight. Yeah, yeah, right. And she's sitting and she's all just mopey out. And there's a scene where Tula like kneels down and kind of like sort of sits right in front of her. And I'm like, given some of the other work Mr. Sedgwick has done, like I expected them to start going at it because <laughs> like he's done some of that kind of stuff. I was like, okay, right, this is an Aquaman comic. It's not going to happen. Um, I like that Salty is in the book. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, he's good at the bio. I love what's it when Salty Mira. Had, salty had a frisbee. Yes, when Mira is sitting there, Salty is laying in her lap, like got his head in her lap, which I think is really cool. Yeah, it's. I've, I've always said I, I think one of the things that Aquaman needs is a distinct look. I think if you give him kind of generic comic book artists, he really suffers more than some other characters. And I thought Brad Walker was very distinctive, and I was sad that Brad Walker left the book kind of relatively quickly. Um, so I really like this Cedric stuff. I'm sad that Cedric is leaving. He's, what? He's done. This is number number oh. thir- Yeah, number 30 is his last issue. Um, he's so good. There's a new artist, Ricardo Federici, who I'm only I'm not familiar with at all, other than a Google search of some of his work. He takes over with number thirty-one. Mm. So this is a well, very brief run. I have some stuff to say about Cedric Rose specifically. Um, you talked a lot about Dolphin. I want to add to that. Uh, it seems to me that, and this is not a criticism, folks, but it seems to me that the artist is in love with Dolphin. And um, and I have my I have my reasons for that, but I will say I am equally in love with Dolphin because the artist is. Uh, I, I read these comics digitally, and if you read them digitally, 
you realize that these things blow up. These pages blow up huge, much bigger than an actual comic book page. And if you have it digitally, I recommend you go back and blow up every single panel with Dolphin's facial expressions. Because he puts a lot of detail into her face that you can't see at comic book page size. Until you zoom in, you're like, whoa. I mean, it's she is adorable. She has all kinds of like, you know, the, you're, you're not going to like this comparison at all. It almost reminds me a little bit of Michael Turner. Not the anorexic, crazy, skinny look, you know, that he would do. But just he was pretty good at drawing girls' faces and making them cute and look teenagery and kind of fun. And it reminds me a little bit of that. She has extremely fun facial expression. She's rolling her eyes. She's moving her hair out of her face at different points. She's She seems like a real person, and she is adorable. And if you look right next to her is Aquaman, and he is so uh, plain-looking. Like, he didn't put a lot of real detailed work into the face. The face looks fine. It's not, it's not badly illustrated. It's not what I mean. It's just he obviously put a whole lot of care and love and passion into the faces of Dolphin. And because of that, I'm, I'm in love with the character, too. And uh, I, I think he did a great job with her. Yeah, she gets, now, a lot, she gets a lot of great moments when she puts her hands over with the, the guy. What's the guy's name with the mask? I'm forgetting. The, uh, the, Cadaver. The Cadaver. And she does the bioluminescence thing. That's a great moment. I, I have to say, though, villains that wear domino masks underwater just look really stupid. It's well, a, a lot of stuff that happens underwater looks stupid. You know, I was thinking about this today, too. Like, it's like you know, Aquaman in the movies doesn't have you know a lot of clothes or whatever, right? And I started thinking about, well, you know, actually – the water temperature does vary underwater, and the reason we wear jackets is because it gets cold and hot and things like that. I guess they would wear a lot of clothes underwater. Um, by the way, okay, uh, speaking of clothes and underwater stuff, and I totally probably sidetracked because I'm not done talking about dolphin. What, what's up with, like, I guess she's got a bra on underneath that? Is that what that is? And, like, the half T-shirt that's ripped all the time, you can see the bra underneath it? Is that what that's supposed to be? I, I assume it's like a bikini top. That's, okay. That's what it looks like to me. Okay. Well, I'm 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 looking at her right now, and a couple of different pages blown up. Like, there's here's one scene where her and Aquaman are fighting this giant monster, and she's got this awesome sneer on her face. Like, her it's almost like a half smirk, half sneer. Her eyes look totally, you know, furious as far as she's going to definitely be able to take care of business. Later on, when Aquaman's uh, meeting some of her friends, she's got this adorable look on her face, like, oh, you know, just happy he's with her friends when she's trying to communicate what's going on. I mean, it's all right there. It's okay. I'm just really hung up on that, I guess. So, okay, sorry. No, I agree. I, I think Dolphin Dolphin is sort of the major, you know, character here in terms of the reveal. I mean, again, they bring her into the world. I like that – I don't know whether this is Abnett's doing or Sedgwick just threw it in. But, like, when he's hanging out with all the other uh, – the kind of castaways, the undesirables number in number 26, she's yeah. sitting there. She's eating. And yes. I, I like that little detail. Like, you know, you don't really see characters eat in comics for the most mm-hmm. part unless it's like a plot device. But, of course, people eat all the time. They have to. Yep. You know, so I like that. I like that she's just munching away on something she found on a clam or something like that. I think that's cool. Yeah, all the visual designs for the characters are, are cool. I like Crush. He's the monster. He looks really neat. I He's like a giant crab, right? Yeah, for, yeah. The, just for the people at home who haven't read it. Yeah, he looks like a big purple crab creature. I, I, I did like all this. I I have a tough time getting super excited about any of it because I just simply – I feel like I've read all this before and – but this isn't even for me. I mean, you're not really meant to read superhero comics for 40 years. You, you know, you're supposed to kind of like. So, so says you, sir. Well, right. But I mean, you're kind of supposed to age out of it. And it's right. this is for new readers. These are for people yeah. that have not read these stories. And so if you have not read this stuff before, this is a really well done 
version of it. I've just read it so many times, it's very hard for me for it to be fresh. And that's not Dan Abnett's fault. It's because I've been reading Aquaman comics since the Nixon administration. And there's just, you know, there's only so many ways you can do it. But I mean, I liked what I, I liked what I saw. I, I'm definitely happy that they said that they got a distinctive artist. I was not a big fan of Scott Eaton or Philip Briones. I just thought their stuff was just kind of dull. Um, and, and so I'm, I'm glad they have somebody new. I'm interested what this Federici person does. And I agree with you that yes, it isn't about him taking over Atlantis, but it's Atlantis based stories. And I'm just like, get him out of it. I'm just done with the Atlantis stuff. I want him in Amnesty Bay fighting supervillains, but I know that that's writers don't want to do it. Now, the other part is with this is Abnet is clearly wearing his politics on his sleeve because the politics here are not subtle. I mean, they are like Star Trek, the original series level subtle, you know, <laughs> they are, they are let your, let that be your last battlefield subtle. I mean, you've got a ruler coming in who's sort of appealing to the nationalist views of his people. He wants to build this thing called the crown of thorns, which is you could also call a wall to keep yeah. people out. Uh, I mean, and he not he not only does he want to defeat the person who he is following, he wants to obliterate all of that person's history, which yeah. is what's going on nowadays. I mean, so I mean, maybe it's because Abnet is is from England and he feels like okay, I can comment on this in a little. I don't know. I mean, I'm, not that American writers don't do it too, but whether that bothers you you know i don't know like i never was bothered by the fact that the original star trek series wasn't subtle just because something isn't subtle doesn't mean it's bad um but you know you can when you watch you read this story develop you can sort of see all the pieces falling in place okay well this is here's the wall here is the you know there's this and there's that and there's all you know this religious these people that are have that say they're religious and yet they're kind of like working behind the scenes in a kind of nefarious way i mean abnet is sort of checking off all those boxes but that's fine i mean it's you know it makes it contemporary and makes it you know commenting on what's going on and so uh and i'm all you know what on a sort of tangential note i'm happy abnet is still doing the book because that means he's been doing it for like 30 issues I, I like it when creative types have long runs. I, I hate this thing where, like, a new creative team comes on and five issues later they leave. I like that Abnet has been on the book for – it's going to be three years now. Well, well, and not actually because remember a lot of it was double shipping. Well, true. All right. But, I mean, he's now, had he, it. And, into, he did, and he did more before issue you – know, even issue one because he right, finished up the last series. series. So, yeah, right. it's, it's probably two years worth, somewhere in there. Yeah, I'm happy about Which is that. A, I, I yeah, me too. I agree. I, I love his stuff. Now, I, I've even probably said on the show before, I've read some of his novels. I love his novels. I loved his old Legion stuff. I mean, he's got he's got some credit, and he does some great work, and I'm thrilled he's on this book. What are his um, novels? I've no, I don't know what they are. What are they about? Um, well, I'm trying to get to it right now. I'm, well, I mean, I'm are, really, they, are they like sci-fi novels? Or well, he, uh, he did a bunch of, if I remember right, Warhammer 40K books. Okay. But he okay. also wrote one of my favorite – and they're, they're TV tie-in. Let's put it that way. They're not – I mean even the Warhammer is not technically TV tie-in. That's what you call those books though. Uh, he did one of my favorite Doctor Who books. Okay. Uh, okay. It featured the Matt Smith Doctor. Um, and so, uh, But it was uh, The Silent Stars Go By. And it was this they basically doctor I know you don't care about this, but Doctor Who rec- uh, recruited a whole bunch of like more high profile novelists rather than just people that to turn out some books. And Dan Abnett was one of them they brought in for a hardcover and uh, it was a great book. Just really great book. And uh, I, I enjoy his stuff. He's a great accomplished writer. I'm so thrilled he's on this book. And like you said, I'm thrilled he's been staying with it. 
Yeah, I, I like it when you get these longer creative runs. Uh, yep. And maybe if it's it's less bothersome that the artists change if you have the writer staying on and, and going on. And speaking of art, man, these cover again with the we we've been waxing this guy's car before, but uh, man, Joshua Middleton's covers, these alternate covers he's doing is that, is he still the one? Because I wasn't sure. Yeah. he he does so many different styles. Yeah, I mean, he's just I wasn't sure if it was all him or not. Yeah, no, he's still doing them. I mean, he does there's the dolphin one from number twenty six. Uh, where it's just her looking over her shoulder. Mm-hmm. She's just beautiful. She looks all ethereal. Uh, it's just really, really nice. Um, the, there's one from number. I'm kind of looking through them all now as we're as we're talking. I mean, they're all really the one, the one where he's stabbed in the back is my favorite. Uh, oh yeah, and the blood is trailing down. That's really yeah. That's really good. Yeah, because that doesn't actually happen in the story. But the message is Aquaman has been betrayed. You know, kind of thing. It's really cool. My favorite, I think, is actually number twenty nine, which has got all the characters in a kind of movie poster style, and it's got him with his hand up to his chin, kind of pondering. That to me could be like a movie poster. I think it's so beautiful. You see Tempest. Oh, by the way, we haven't even mentioned Tempest. We've got oh, I got, I got in all there. kinds okay. of in-story notes to talk about. Okay, you've been well, talking real-world stuff, so I, I've been holding back. All right, yeah. go, oh, you've been go, well, no, go ahead, Tempest. What no, 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 I'm saying I'm, I'm glad that Tempest is involved. I, I've never been a big fan of Garth as a character. I'm happy he's not the mopey Garth that we all <laughs> knew of. Um, I'm happy that the Aquaman family is expanding. I would like to see... Little more Aquaman centric after this, but I know that's probably not going to happen because now Dolphin's involved or whatever. And but, um, but no, I you know, I mean, Aquaman's going to be, I mean, part of the reason Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, they have these great supporting characters around them, it builds up the world. And Aquaman's much like his villains has always been thin in that respect. So I'm glad that they're filling it out a little because you're going to have. Mira, and although she's practically her own character, you know, really a yeah, separate character at this point. So strong at this yeah, point. Tempest, yeah. Dolphin, Tula, who knows what's going on with Merc? Because first, when, when Merc stabs Aquaman, first you think, oh my god, he's betraying Aquaman. And then later on, you find out, well, maybe not. Maybe it's kind of a blind because it's he seemed to be pretending to kill Aquaman. We haven't they haven't quit that hasn't paid off just yet. But uh, well, he, he he does say that you know he dumped Aquaman's body somewhere else, which isn't true. Right. He's telling right, the right. fault the the replacement king he did that, and then when someone figures out that Aquaman's still alive, he totally kills that guy. Yep. Yeah, he kills to him. cover it up. Yep. So yeah, the king's still alive and he'll stay that way. Mm-hmm. So now, which is funny to me because Mark started off honestly a little bit like Lobo. Uh, Lobo, when Lobo was first created in the Omega, Omega Men comic, your favorite, uh, he was a parody of Wolverine, right? And Merck, his whole point originally was to be a parody of the Peter David Aquaman. And now we're sitting here in an era where Aquaman's screaming right back towards the Peter David era, really. I mean, the bedraggled, angry kind of thing, Orin, all that. Uh, and now Merck's become a real character, which I think is fantastic. I love that aspect of it. Uh, going back to Garth, like this is, I think... I, I know I'm, I'm probably overreacting because it's only been a couple issues, but like this is kind of one of my favorite iterations of Garth I've read because he's confident. He's gone off in the world. He's made his own way. He's come back. They, they're they not ignoring the magic stuff that they brought in with Tempest later on, again, during Peter David's run. Uh, I like this version of him. I think he looks cool. You know, I, I like the way he's acting. I like how he's got a bit of a mysterious past where he was part of this uh, the silent school, things like that. I think just in just a few issues, they did more development for Aqualad than got done in like the entire Titan series, which also is being done by Dan Abnett. But that that book's really got a different focus. So I, I've been very pleased to see what they're doing with Aqualad here. I think it's great. Uh, Tula, they really haven't done much with her. I mean, she's there. She's absolutely there. She's a supporter of Aquaman, but. We haven't really got a lot into who she is yet, and I wish she would just take that stupid headpiece off. I hate it. Yeah, it uh, looks so uncomfortable. 
Right. I mean, she wears it for a while, then she does, and then we then we see more people in Atlantis wearing them. So I guess it's a fashion thing. But uh, either way, it's just, but Mara, yeah, they continue to develop Mara. Great. She's like you said, she's her own character. She's like she's like Lois Lane level developed almost. I mean, she's she's completely independent of of the main character. It can operate and do whatever she needs to do now, which is fantastic. Uh, she was great. I mean, the one scene we saw her in the movie, by the way, thumbs up. Um, what else? Oh, so many notes. So many notes. All right, so magic. So speaking of Garth and magic, you got to help me here. Uh, they're really bringing magic back into Atlantis, which I love, which is cool, reminiscent of Atlantis Chronicles and also reminiscent, to, at least to me, of the Craig Hamilton Aquaman miniseries. Were there any visual artifacts from that Craig Hamilton miniseries here? Because I remember there was like, I don't know, 12 gems or something from that miniseries yeah. or crystals or something. Are we seeing any of that yet? I don't, I don't know. If, I don't remember it well enough. If there were, I don't remember. I, I did, okay. nothing jumped out at me, but I mean, man, that stuff from Craig Hamilton was so intricate that I don't remember. But then, yeah, no, I, I'm not. The answer is, I don't think so. Okay, all right, no problem. Um, Volko, it's interesting to see them on this like path of redemption with Volko. He goes on this little side mission with uh, someone from the the I can't remember the name of the group is the the the. the, the the, wi- the female... The widowhood. The widowhood, yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, he goes on a mission with one of those, and he has this kind of fun, quirky, weird, almost Harry Potter-like mission <laughs> where he's going and facing all those ghosts and stuff, and he's, and he's wearing like, the equivalent of like an Atlantean Hawaiian shirt, you know, yes. and stuff. Like, I, I love that bit. He's fun. I, they're sort of redeeming him, and then by the end, him and Aquaman are side by side, and we really haven't seen Volko and Aquaman work side by side since the beginning, beginning of the New 52, really. It all right, fell apart right there at the jail. Yeah, he's been in yeah. jail cell this whole time. So that's really fun to see. Um, then uh, the the new king, I can't remember his name, the, the fanatic guy. Quorum Rath. I love his, what's that? Quorum Rath. There we go. Now, is that name a callback? I don't. I didn't think it was. But no, was that I a don't callback? believe so. Okay. I love his look with like the shaved around the back of his hair, almost looks a little Hitler youthish, you know, um, and he's got the giant, you know, uh, tattoo or, or paint on his face in the, in the Aquaman A symbol. Like that's such a nationalist sort of idea. Like he is Atlantis cause he's got the Atlantis A on his face, you know, and he's just, I love that character cause he's, I, I mean, the character you love to hate is probably the best way to put it, but I just really enjoy the way he's playing out cause he's just totally nuts. You know, and I'm ignoring the politics aspect of it. I'm just saying, as a as a villain, I think he's really well developed. I, I really like the tyrant sort of villain. It's it, it's it's coming together nicely. The uh, the development of the underworld here, where you, you, we find out uh, all the Atlantis crime stuff in the. How do you say? Do you say trides or triads? How do you? What do you say for that? Like the districts, they they're called T R I D E S. I don't know what to say. I trides. That's how I read it. Okay, you're probably right. Uh, it's probably supposed to be a play on tides and, and or something like that. But I always say I say triads, which I'm really bad at pronouncing things anyway. So, but I love the underworld development that's going on there. The mutations are really interesting. Uh, I did feel like they it came on a little too fast because they talk about how like there's been all these mutations for a while now, yet we haven't seen a single one yet. I wish they had sort of sprinkled that in over the last several years, but either way, the art though, it just makes me forget all of that. Like the way he draws the various mutated characters is so cool. We talked about crush. We've talked about dolphin. Like there's one guard who works for crush at one point. His head is contained within a hermit crab shell, <laughs> but he can see through it. I mean, through, um, there's like holes. It just, it, I can't even describe it guys. The way he draw it. It's just so cool. I mean, he did so many neat little things with that. I, I absolutely love the mutations. Oh, man, and just the diversity. The the artist is really just knocking it out of the knocking it out of the park. Now, but you you made some jokes about what he's known for before. Okay, I I looked real quickly on comic book database. I see he did a comic called Aphrodite. 
for uh, Image or Top Cow or whatever like that? Mm-hmm. Is he known for something particular or something like There's that? There's another or? series he's done. I don't remember the name of it, but it, it is about – it is a it is a like explicit comic book about uh, – I, I believe – uh, you know, I don't exactly know what it's about, but it's explicit. It features explicit sexual content. Okay, gotcha. All right, so I may have to seek that out after reading these because he draws people real pretty. Yeah, so. he does. Every yeah, I mean, he's he's you know uh, that is something I liked considering when I first heard he was tapped to do Aquaman, and then I had seen what some of the stuff he'd done because he does a lot of cheesecake stuff and a lot of beefcake too. I don't mean to you know. He he likes to draw attractive people grinding each other of, of of any sex. He's not just limited, but I mean, I really thought that you would you would be seeing a lot of that. But actually, uh, Mira is pretty covered up. Like oh, she's, yeah. she's wearing a you know a whole bodysuit as is Aquaman, which I kind of like. I think that's they're attractive looking characters, but they're not. It's not terribly sexualized. Now Dolphin is because she's really cute and she's kind of kind of skimpy up. But even she's not that bad. Uh, they really kind of tamped that down, which I appreciated. I, I would say, other than maybe Tula, and even there, I'm not sure there there are no small-breasted women apparently in Atlantis. Uh, he does really draw them very chesty, very very like impossible to miss kind of chesty. So that is a bit of a, a little maybe a, a little overboard because people come in all shapes and sizes, folks. But uh, but it's nice. I, it's like I said, it's real party, uh, beautiful art. And, and now that you've told me he's leaving, I'm really because we just had, you had this great buildup. You know, Aquaman's a unique look, all this stuff, and then you drop that bombshell on me. Oh. Yeah, it's in the middle of the storyline, right? Because this number 30 ends with Aquaman saying we're going to take Atlantis back, Atlantis uprising. So, I mean, it's not like the story's over. So well, it's a, it's a straight a strange, paperback probably is. Right. But, I mean, so I'm, I'm kind of – it's a shame that uh, Cedric isn't lasting through this storyline. But, you know, what are you going to do? At least we got – you know, we got these five issues at least. So, again, well, it's very nice. DC looks at it a little bit differently. I mean, their their storylines are four to five issues now because that's what they yep. do in a trade. So to them, he probably is – done what he needed to do because he completed a trade because this does feel like the end of a trade paperback because you know Aquaman has come full circle and is now in a position to go forward so I would imagine the next trade will uh, end with issue 30 yeah I'm sure it will uh, and, and this this could be a, a three trade storyline because I mean it's it's a obviously a big long sort of thing right and I could I could definitely see this being sort of the template for the movie I don't know what the story is for the movie and the story I think the movie is going to have Black Manta in it and Ocean Master so it will be focusing a little more in the superhero aspect but clearly they're going to do a lot of this fantasy stuff because that's really popular Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings I mean this this is the this is a way to distinct it's ironically enough as I want Aquaman to be more of a superhero in the comics it's probably going to be the fact that it's a fantasy movie is going to be able to separate him on the movie landscape is that he's yeah. gonna, it's going to be more of a Game of Thrones type movie, and you've even got, of course, a cast member from that show playing Aquaman. <laughs> um, that's what's you know that that's probably going to help make that movie seem a little different. And I'm betting, considering Justice League's underwhelming performance at the box office, I bet DC's probably going to be happy that they're going to be able to pitch the Aquaman movie as making it not quite so you know a direct sequel to these movies. It's like it's going to be sort of its own thing, kind of the way Wonder Woman worked. It's interesting. People love the Aquaman character, especially non-comic book people. Uh, Non-comic book people are really loving the Aquaman character. They they feel like he's a new surprise, someone they didn't expect to like. You know, even my brother's texting me. He's like, "Oh, Aquaman's great. He's so cool." And I'm thinking, "Oh my gosh!" (laughs) That was before I saw the movie. I am much more in favor of the character. I I was telling Rob off air. It seems to me, and this is more probably for discussion about Justice League later, but just all the stuff that had me apprehensive going into it about Aquaman with the, yeah, 
that kind of stuff. Deep. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's Luke Dobb. But anyway, all that's in the trailer. That's not what's in the movie. I mean, it's in the movie, but everything, all those kinds of scenes were shown in the trailers. Everything else is discussion. You know, him being a little more rational. So uh, anyway, great character. And um, I did read that, and I read this online that apparently they are going to mine a lot of the Jeff John stuff that he didn't get to roll out into the Aquaman book, including some of like the Seven Kingdom stuff hmm. that he was working on. I, I read that online in a, in a little Twitter feed called Aquaman Shrine. You probably haven't heard of it, but... Not familiar with it, no. Yeah, I know. Joe, Joe's a busy guy. But... <laughs> well, I, I'm tapped out. I loved it. I enjoyed it. I, I, I thought it was a great one big read. Uh, again, I'd be a little nervous if I, if I had to read it month to month, but uh, I, I enjoyed the heck out of it. Definitely pick it up and trade, guys. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think there's it, it. There was a lot of fun to it. The visual invention is great. I really like Cedric's stuff. I think he's a good fit for this character. Uh, there is some kind of Craig Hamiltony feel to it. And again, I, I I do wish that Aquaman would go back to again Amnesty Bay. I've said it a bunch of times, but that's not where this is headed. Or maybe they will get it back after this. Him and me, because I mean, it's number twenty four where Mira is like hugging him, and she's like, "Please come with me back to Amnesty Bay," and it's like, "Go." Get, Aquaman, go with Mira back to Amnesty Bay. Uh, what are you, a fool? But uh, maybe they'll get back to that and they'll go out and have adventures with, with Salty. But I mean, I, I I I will admit, everybody, I was like, I hadn't read these issues. I hadn't been keeping up with it. And then when people were saying, you you know, when are you guys going to catch up on Aquaman? I was kind of dreading it because I was like, what happens if I don't like it? And then I don't want to talk about it. And I, you know, because I want to stay positive. But luckily, I did enjoy this. And so I can, yeah. I can genuinely say I did like it. I don't feel the need to read Aquaman every month the way I used to, just because just I've changed a little now that the shrine is officially retired. Um, I just don't have the sort of like impetus to keep up with it the way I used to, especially since he's all over the place now. He's right. guest, he's guest starring. He's got, you know, I mean, he's, he's all over the place. So, um, you did it, Rob. Mission accomplished. I, yeah, the shrine accomplished its, well, I don't want to say the accomplished cause we didn't have a lot to do with it, but the, 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 the goal of the shrine has been accomplished over time. I'm not going to say that we did it, but it has been accomplished. And so there, there, there just isn't any need for the cheerleading as much as, as we used to. And so I hope Aquaman's a good seller. I haven't been paying attention to the sales figures, but even if it isn't, they're going to be, it's going to be around because of course we are now a year away from the Aquaman movie. So there's going to be the big build up to that. So. Very exciting. Very yeah. exciting. Well, uh, we are going to post a few images on our website for this one. Since there's so many issues involved here, uh, and since I'm in charge of the gallery posts, and it's Thanksgiving weekend, you're, you're going to get the covers, uh, and you'll probably get some shots of Dolphin, because I'm in charge. So that's what you're going to get, folks. And uh, go out there and check out the and, and you know what I'll do? I'll post the Dolphin pictures full size, so you can go out there and zoom in and really see those facial expressions. You'll be like, wow, I didn't even see that on the page. Yeah, that that'll actually be worthwhile because there's there as you said there's a lot of great little details that he sticks in, especially with dolphin. You could really just do a whole post of just dolphin reaction shots. Uh, he must cool. he must draw this really big, like on a on, on a computer or something. Oh, I'm sure. And then yeah. and then just shrink them down to fit the page because yep. there is so much detail there. Yeah, there's a double page splash in number twenty twenty eight or twenty nine where there's like a billion fish. Flying around, all in like a like a, like in, in an infinity pattern almost, and mm-hmm. it's just like God, that must have taken forever. Yep. All right, I'm I'm tapped out. This was good. 
Yeah, we're caught up. I really said it. I feel bad that this is an Aquaman podcast and I hadn't been talking about the Aquaman comic, but but now we're all caught up. And of course, I'm sure we'll get behind very soon because there's Aquaman Annual is coming yep. out in a couple of weeks, and then there's number thirty one. But I will I will do a better job of trying to keep up to date, not not let well, seven whole issues pass by. Well, my preference would be to do this kind of in trade paperback chunks, so maybe mm-hmm. four to five issues at a time. So that seems reasonable. just because. I like it that way. Now it's not. It's going to be a little more infrequent, folks, because he's gone once a month now. So, but so the nice thing is we're caught up on all the Aquaman current issues, and we're caught up on all the current Firestorm issues too. Oh, by the way, you mentioned yeah the whole that it's no longer bi-weekly. Oh, that, that was funny. Come on. Yes, it was. Caught, okay. Caught up on all the Firestorm issues. Get it? Get it? Because he's freaking nowhere. I know. Well, all right. Uh, no, I'm very happy that Aquaman is back to monthly. I was really worried that when they were doing bi-weekly, they were going to burn either their audiences out or burn Abnet out. And that doesn't seem to be happening. And now that it's monthly, I'm very happy that he's back to the monthly status. Yep. Well, Rob, why don't you tell people where they can find you online? I'm going to go get a soda because it's going to take a while. I have, <laughs> I have a bunch of Twitter feeds. There's Film and Water Pod. There's Pod Dylan, Superman Movie Minute. Any of those will be perfectly fine. And, of course, you can follow the main network feed, which is FW Podcast. And the website is fireandwaterpodcast.com. And that's where you need to put your comments because next issue we will get back on this – or not next issue, but next time we cover some Aquaman issues, we will get back on the stick and cover some of your feedback. So please leave your comments, and we would love to hear from you and hear your thoughts on these stories and hear how many else of you are totally in love with Dolphin. (laughs) So uh, you can find me at Firestorm Fan on Facebook and Twitter. And, of course, as Rob mentioned, all the other sites, I think that's going to do it. Um, So uh, let's go all in. And uh, until next time, folks, fan the flame and ride the wave. Aquaman and Firestorm fighting crime together. Soak them down or burn them up. No one does it better. Whenever you find trouble, they'll always be there to catch them in a bubble or even torch their hair. They stand for truth and justice and see a land in Super friends forever. Yeah. Mrs. Dolphin? Dr. Aqua will see you now. Good afternoon. Oh, and who is this sparkly little fellow? And you must be his beautiful mommy. 